0: section twenty one of the awkward age by henry james this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by anna simon book sixth mrs brooke chapter one presenting himself at buckingham Crescent three days after the sundays spent at myrtle vanderbank found lady fanny cashmore in the act of taking leave of mrs brooke and found mrs brooke herself in the state of muffled exultation that was the mark of all her intercourse and most of all perhaps of her farewells with lady fanny this splendid creature gave out as it were so little that vanderbank was freshly struck with all mrs brooke could take in though nothing for that matter in buckingham crescent had been more fully formulated on behalf of the famous beauty than the imperturbable grandeur of her almost total absence of articulation Every aspect of the phenomenon had been freely discussed there, and endless ingenuity lavished on the question of how exactly it was that so much of what the world would in another case have called complete stupidity could be kept by a mere wonderful face from boring one to death. It was Mrs. Brooke who, in this relation as in many others, had arrived at the supreme expression of the law had thrown off happily enough to whomever it might have concerned my dear thing it all comes back as everything always does simply to personal pluck it's only a question no matter when or where of having enough lady fanny has the courage of all her silence so much therefore that it sees her completely through and is what really makes her interesting not to be afraid of what may happen to you when you've no more to say for yourself than a steamer without a light. That truly is the highest heroism, and Lady Fanny's greatness is that she's never afraid. She takes the risk every time she goes out. Takes, as you may say, her life in her hand. She just turns that glorious mask upon you and practically says, No, I won't open my lips, to call it really open, for the forty minutes I shall stay but I calmly defy you all the same to kill me for it. And We don't kill her, we delight in her, though when either of us watches her in a circle of others it's like seeing a very large blind person in the middle of Oxford Street. One fairly looks about for the police. Vanderbank, before his fellow visitor withdrew it, had the benefit of the glorious mask and could scarce have failed to be amused at the manner in which Mrs. Brooke alone showed the stress of thought. Lady Fanny, in the other scale, sat aloft an Olympian, so that, though visibly much had happened between the two ladies, it had all happened only to the hostess. The sense in the air, in short, was just of Lady Fanny herself, who came to an end like a banquet or a procession. Mrs. Brooke left the room with her, and, on coming back, was full of it. "'She'll go! She'll go!' "'Go where?' vanderbank appeared to have for the question less attention than usual well to the place her companion will propose probably like anna karenina to one of the smaller italian towns anna karenina she isn't a bit like anna of course she isn't so clever said mrs brook but that would spoil her so it's all right i'm glad it's all right vanderbank laughed "'but I dare say we shall still have her with us a while. "'We shall do that, I trust, whatever happens. "'She'll come up again. "'She'll remain, I feel, one of those enormous things "'that fate seems somehow to have given me "'as the occupation of my odd moments. "'I don't see,' Mrs. Brook added, "'what still keeps her on the edge, "'which isn't an inch wide.' "'Vanderbank looked this time as if he only tried to wonder. "'Isn't it you?' Mrs. Brooke mused more deeply. "'Sometimes I think so, but I don't know.' "'Yes, how can you, of course, know, since she can't tell you?' "'Oh, if I depended on her telling!' Mrs. Brooke shook out with this a sofa-cushion or two and sank into the corner she had arranged. The August afternoon was hot and the London air heavy. The room, moreover, though agreeably bedimmed, gave out the stillness of the season's end. If you hadn't come today, she went on, you'd have missed me till I don't know when, for we've let the hovel again. Wretchedly, but still we've left it, and I go down on Friday to see that it isn't too filthy. Edward, who's furious at what I've taken for it, had his idea that we should go there this year ourselves. And now, Vanderbank took her up, that fond fancy has become simply the ghost of a dead thought a ghost that in company with a thousand predecessors haunts the house in the twilight and pops at you out of odd corners oh edward's dead thoughts are indeed a cheerful company and worthy of the perpetual mental mourning we seem to go about in they are worse than the relations we are always losing without seeming to have any fewer And I expect every day to hear that the morning post regrets to have to announce in that line too some new bereavement. The apparitions following the death of so many thoughts are particularly awful in the twilight, so that at this season, while the day drags and drags, I'm glad to have anyone with me who may keep them at a distance.' Vanderbank had not sat down. Slowly, familiarly, he turned about. "'And where's Nanda?' Oh, she doesn't help. She attracts, rather, the worst of the bogies. Edward and Nanda and Harold and I, seated together, are fairly a case for that—what do you call it—investigating society. Deprived of the sweet resource of the hovel, Mrs. Brooke continued, we shall each, from about a tenth on, for it somehow or other for ourselves. Mitchy, perhaps, she added, will insist on taking us to By-Ruth. that. "'will be the form you mean of his own forage.' "'Mrs. Brook just hesitated. "'Unless you should prefer to take it as the form of yours.' "'Vanderbank appeared for a moment obligingly enough to turn this over, "'but with the effect of noting an objection. "'Oh, I'm afraid I shall have to grind straight through the month, "'and that by the time I'm free every ring at Beirut will certainly have been rung. "'Is it your idea to take Nanda?' he asked. She reached out for another cushion. "'If it is impossible for you to manage what I suggest, why should that question interest you?' "'My dear woman,' and her visitor dropped into a chair, "'do you suppose my interest depends on such poverties as what I can manage?' "'You know well enough,' he went on in another tone, "'why I care for Nanda and inquire about her. She was perfectly ready.' "'I know it, but only as a bad reason. "'Don't be too sure.' "'For a moment they looked at each other. "'Don't be so sure, you mean, that the elation of it may go to my head? "'Are you really warning me against vanity?' "'Your reallys, my dear Van, are a little formidable, "'but it strikes me that before I tell you there's something I have a right to ask. "'Are you really what they call thinking of my daughter?' you're asking vanderbank returned exactly shows the state of your knowledge of the matter i don't quite see moreover why you speak as if i were paying an abrupt and unnatural attention what have i done the last 3 months but talk to you about her what have you done but talk to me about her from the moment you first spoke to me monstrously i remember you called it of the difference made in your social life by her finally established her perpetual, her inexorable participation. From that moment, what have we both done but put our heads together over the question of keeping the place tidy, as you called it? Or as I called it, was it, for the young female mind? Mrs. Brooke faced serenely enough the directness of this challenge. "'Well, what are you coming to?' "'I spoke of the change in my life, of course. I happen to be so constituted that my life—' "'has something to do with my mind, "'and my mind something to do with my talk. "'Good talk. "'You know, "'no one, dear Van, should know better. "'What part for me that plays? "'Therefore, "'when one has deliberately "'to make one's talk bad.' "'Bad?' "'Vanderbank, in his amusement, "'fell back in his chair. "'Dear Mrs. Brooke, "'you're too delightful.' "'You know what I mean. "'Stupid!' flat fourth rate when one has to haul in sail to that degree and for a perfectly outside reason there's nothing strange in one's taking a friend sometimes into the confidence of one's irritation ah vanderbank protested you do yourself injustice irritation hasn't been for you the only consequence of the affair mrs brook gloomily thought no no i've had my calmness "'the calmness of deep despair. "'I've seemed to see everything go.' "'Oh, how can you say that?' her visitor demanded. "'When just what we've most been agreed upon so often "'is the practical impossibility of making any change. "'Hasn't it seemed as if we really can't overcome "'conversational habits so thoroughly formed?' "'Again Mrs. Brooke reflected.' as if our way of looking at things were too serious to be trifled with. I don't know. I think it's only you who have denied our sacrifices, our compromises and concessions. I myself have constantly felt smothered in them. But there it is,' she impatiently went on, "'what I don't admit is that you've given me ground to take for proof of your intentions,' to use the odious term,' your association with me on behalf of the preposterous fiction, as it after all is, of Nanda's blankness of mind. Vanderbank's head in his chair was thrown back, his eyes ranged over the top of the room. "'There never has been any mystery about my thinking her, all in her own way, the nicest girl in London. She is.' His companion was silent a little. "'She is, by all means.' "'Well,' she then added, "'so far as I may have been alive to the fact of anyone's thinking her so, "'it's not out of place I should mention to you "'the difference made in my appreciation of it "'by our delightful little stay at Myrtle. "'My views, for Nanda, said Mrs. Brooke, "'have somehow gone up.' "'Vanderbank was prompt to show how he could understand it. "'So that you wouldn't consider even Mitchy now.' but his friend took no notice of the question. The way Mr. Longdon distinguishes her is quite the sort of thing that gives a girl, as Harold says, a leg up. It's awfully curious, and has made me think. He isn't anything whatever, as London estimates go, in himself. So that what is it, pray, that makes him, when added on to her, so double Nanda's value? I somehow rather see, through his being known to back her, "'and through the pretty story of his loyalty to Mamma and all the rest of it. "'Oh, if one chose to work that! "'Ever so much more of a chance for her!' Vanderbank's eyes were on the ceiling. "'It is curious, isn't it? "'Though I think he's rather more in himself, even for the London estimate, "'than you quite understand. "'He appeared to give her time to take this up, "'but as she said nothing he pursued.' I dare say that if even I now were to enter myself, it would strike you as too late. Her attention to this was but indirect. It's awfully vulgar to be talking about it, but I can't help feeling that something possibly rather big will come of Mr. London. Ah, we've touched on that before, said Vanderbank, and you know you did think something might come even for me. She continued, however, as if she scarce heard him, to work out her own vision. It's very true that up to now... Well, up to now? he asked, as she faltered. She faltered still a little. I do say the most hideous things, but we have said worse, haven't we? Up to now, I mean, he hasn't given her anything. Unless, indeed she mused, she may have had something without telling me. Vanderbank went much straighter. "'What sort of thing have you in mind? Are you thinking of money?' "'Yes. Isn't it awful?' "'That you should think of it?' "'That I should talk this way.' Her friend was apparently not prepared with an assent, and she quickly enough pursued. If he had given her any, it would come out somehow in her expenditure.' She has tremendous liberty, and is very secretive. But still, it would come out. "'He wouldn't give her any without letting you know. Nor would she, without doing so,' Vanderbank added. "'Take it.' "'Ah,' Mrs. Brooke quietly said. "'She hates me enough for anything.' "'That's only your romantic theory.' Once more she appeared not to hear him. She gave the discussion another turn. "'Has he given you anything?' "'Her visitor smiled. "'Not so much as a cigarette. "'I've always my pockets full of them, "'and he never, "'so he only takes mine.' "'Oh, Mrs. Brooke,' he continued, "'with me, too, "'though I've also tremendous liberty, "'it would come out.' "'I think you'd let me know,' "'she returned. "'Yes, I'd let you know.' Silence upon this fell between them a little, which she was the first to break. "'She has gone with him this afternoon, by solemn appointment, to the South Kensington Museum.' There was something in Mrs. Brooke's Dolorous Drop, that yet presented the news as a portent so great that he was moved again to mirth. "'Ah! That's where she is. Then I confess she has scored. He has never taken me to the South Kensington Museum.' "'You were asking what we're going to do,' she went on. "'What I meant was, about Beirut, that the question for Nandas simplified. "'He has pressed her so to pay him a visit.' "'Vanderbank's assent was marked. "'I see. "'So that if you do go abroad, she'll be provided for by that engagement. "'And by lots of other invitations.' "'These were things such as, for the most part, the young man could turn over. "'Do you mean—' "'You'd let her go alone?' "'To wherever she's asked,' said Mrs. Brooke. "'Why not? Don't talk like the Duchess.' Vanderbank seemed for a moment to try not to. "'Couldn't Mr. Longdon take her? Why not?' His friend looked really struck with it. "'That would be working him. But to a beautiful end,' she meditated. "'The only thing would be to get him also asked. "'Ah!' there you are don't you see fancy getting mr longdon anything or anywhere whatever don't you feel Vanderbank threw out how the impossibility of exerting that sort of patronage for him immediately places him mrs Brooke gave her companion one of those fitful glances of almost grateful appreciation with which their intercourse was even at its darkest hours frequently illumined "'As if he were the primate or the French ambassador. "'Yes, you're right. One couldn't do it. "'Though it's very odd, and one doesn't quite see why. "'It does place him. "'But he becomes thereby exactly the very sort of person "'with whom it would be most of an advantage for her to go about.' "'What a pity,' Mrs. Brooks sighed. "'He doesn't know more people.' "'Ah, well, we are, in our way, bringing that to pass. "'Only we mustn't rush it. "'Leave it to Nanda herself,' Vanderbank presently added, "'on which his companion so manifestly left it "'that she touched after a moment's silence on quite a different matter. "'I dare say he'd tell you, wouldn't he, "'if you were to give her any considerable sum?' she had only obeyed his injunction, "'but he stared at the length of her jump.' "'He might attempt to do so, "'but I shouldn't at all like it.' "'He was moved immediately "'to dismiss this branch of the subject "'and apparently to help himself "'take up another. "'Do you mean she understands "'he has asked her down "'for a regular long stay?' "'Mrs. Brooke barely hesitated. "'She understands, I think, "'that what I expect of her "'is to make it as long as possible.' "'Vanderbank laughed out, as it was even after ten years still possible to laugh, at the childlike innocence with which her voice could invest the hardest teachings of life. Then, with something a trifle nervous in the whole sound and manner, he sprang up from his chair. "'What a blessing he is to us all!' "'Yes, but think what we must be to him.' "'An immense interest, no doubt.' He took a few aimless steps and stooping over a basket of flowers, inhaled it with violence, almost buried his face. I dare say we are interesting. He had spoken rather vaguely, but Mrs. Brooke knew exactly why. We render him no end of a service. We keep him in touch with old memories. Vanderbank had reached one of the windows, shaded from without by a great striped sunblind beneath which, and between the flower-pots of the balcony. He could see a stretch of hot, relaxed street. He looked a minute at these things. "'I do so like your phrases.' She had a pause that challenged his tone. "'Do you call mamma a phrase?' He went off again, quite with extravagance, but quickly, leaving the window, pulled himself up. "'I dare say we must put things for him. He does it, cares, or is able to do it, so little himself.' "'Precisely. He just quietly acts. "'That's his nature, dear thing. "'We must let him act.' "'Vanderbank seemed to stifle again "'too vivid a sense of a particular emphasis. "'Yes, yes, we must let him. "'Though it won't prevent Nanda, I imagine,' "'his hostess pursued, "'from finding the fun of a whole month at Beckles, "'whatever she puts in. "'Not exactly fast and furious.' "'Vanderbank had the look of measuring what the girl might put in. "'The place will be quiet, of course, but when a person's so fond of a person—' "'As she is of him, you mean?' he hesitated. "'Yes. Then it's all right.' "'She is fond of him, thank God,' said Mrs. Brooke. "'He was before her now with the air of a man who had suddenly determined on a great blind leap. "'Do you know what he has done?' "'He wants me so to marry her that he has proposed a definite basis.' "'Mrs. Brooke got straight up. "'Proposed? "'To her?' "'No, I don't think he has said a word to Nanda. "'In fact, I'm sure that, very properly, he doesn't mean to. "'But he spoke to me on Sunday night at Myrtle. "'I had a big talk with him there, alone, very late, in the smoking-room.' "'Mrs. Brooke's stare was serious.' and vanderbank now went on as if the sound of his voice helped him to meet it we had things out very much and his kindness was extraordinary He's the most beautiful old boy that ever lived i don't know now that i come to think of it if i am within my rights in telling you and of course i shall immediately let him know that i have told you but i feel i can't arrive at any respectable sort of attitude in the matter without taking you into my confidence which is really what I came here today to do, though till this moment I've funked it. It was either, as her friends chose to think it, an advantage or a drawback of intercourse with Mrs. Brooke that, her face being at any moment charged with the woe of the world, it was unavoidable to remain rather in the dark as to the effect there of particular strokes— something in vanderbank's present study of the signs accordingly showed he had had to learn to feel his way and had more or less mastered the trick that she had turned a little pale was really the one fresh mark Funked it why in the world his own colour deepened at her accent which was a sufficient light on his having been stupid do you mean you've declined the arrangement he only with a smile somewhat strained continued for a moment to look at her clearly, however, at last feeling and not much caring that he got in still deeper. You're magnificent, you're magnificent. her lovely gaze widened out, commandant where why you have declined her? She went on after which as he replied only with a slow headshake that seemed to say it was not for the moment all so simple as that she had one of the inspirations to which she was constitutionally subject do you imagine i want you myself dear mrs brooke you're so admirable he returned with gaiety that if by any chance you did upon my honour i don't see how i should be able not to say all right "'But he spoke, too, more responsibly. "'I was shy of really bringing out to you what has happened to me, "'for a reason that I've of course to look in the face. "'Whatever you want yourself, Fernanda, you want Mitchy. "'I see, I see.' "'She did full justice to his explanation. "'And what did you say about a basis? "'The blessed man offers to settle.' You're a real prodigy, her visitor answered, and your imagination takes its fancies in a way that, when I'm out with you, quite puts mine to shame. When he mentioned it to me, I was quite surprised. And I, Mrs. Brooke asked, am not surprised a bit. Isn't it only, she modestly suggested, because I've taken him in more than you? Didn't you know he would? She quavered. Vanderbank thought, or at least pretended to. "'Make me the condition? "'How could I be sure of it?' "'But the point of his question was lost for her in the growing light. "'Oh, then the condition's you only. "'That, at any rate, is all I have to do with. "'He's ready to settle if I'm ready to do the rest. "'To propose to her straight, you mean?' "'She waited, but as he said nothing, she went on. "'And you're not ready. "'Is that it?' "'I'm taking my time.' "'Of course you know,' said Mrs. Brooke, "'that she'd jump at you.' He turned away from her now, but after some steps came back. "'Then you do admit it?' She hesitated. "'To you.' He had a strange, faint smile. "'Well, as I don't speak of it.' "'No, only to me.' what is it he settles mrs brooke demanded i can't tell you you didn't ask on the contrary i stopped him off oh then mrs brooke exclaimed that's what i call declining the words appeared for an instant to strike her companion is it is it he almost musingly repeated but he shook himself the next moment free of his wonder more what would have been called in Buckingham Crescent on the spot. Isn't there rather something in my having thus thought it my duty to warn you, that I am definitely his candidate?' Mrs. Brooke turned impatiently away. "'You certainly, with your talk about warning, the happiest expressions—' She put her face into the flowers as he had done just before. Then, as she raised it, "'What kind of a monster are you trying to make me out?' "'My dear lady,' Vanderbank was prompt, "'I really don't think I say anything but what's fair. "'Isn't it just my loyalty to you, in fact, "'that has in this case positively strained my discretion?' She shook her head in mere mild despair. "'Loyalty, again, is exquisite. "'The tact of men has a charm quite its own. "'And you're rather good.' she continued, as men go. His laugh was now a little awkward, as if she had already succeeded in making him uncomfortable. "'I always become aware with you, sooner or later, that they don't go at all, in your sense. But how am I, after all, so far out, if you have put your money on another man?' "'You keep coming back to that,' she rarely sighed. "'He thought a little. "'No, then. "'You've only to tell me not to, and I'll never speak of it again. "'You'll be in an odd position for speaking of it if you do really go in. "'You deny that you've declined,' said Mrs. Brooke. "'Which means, then, that you've allowed our friend to hope.' "'Vanderbank met it bravely. "'Yes, I think he hopes.' "'And communicates his hope to my child.' This arrested the young man, but only for a moment. "'I have the most perfect faith in his wisdom with her. "'I trust his particular delicacy. "'He cares more for her,' he presently added, "'even than we do.' "'Mrs. Brooke gazed away at the infinity of space. "'We, my dear Van,' she at last returned, "'is one of your own real wonderful touches. "'But there's something in what you say.' "'I have, as between ourselves, between me and him, been backing Mitchy. "'That is, I've been saying to him, "'Wait, wait, don't at any rate do anything else. "'Only it's just from the depth of my thought for my daughter's happiness "'that I've clung to this resource. "'He would so absolutely, so unreservedly do anything for her.' "'She had reached now, with her extraordinary self-control, the pitch of quiet, bland demonstration. I want the poor thing, que diable, to have another string to her bow and another loaf for her desolate old age on the shelf. When everything else is gone, Mitchy will still be there. Then it will be at least her own fault, Mrs. Brooke continued. What can relieve me of the primary duty of taking precautions, she wound up, when I know as well as that I stand here and look at you. Yes, what? he asked, as she just paused. Why, that so far as they count on you, they count, my dear Van, on a blank. Holding him a minute as with the soft, low voice of his fate, she sadly but firmly shook her head. You won't do it. Oh, he almost too loudly protested, "'You won't do it,' she went on. "'I say!' he made a joke of it. "'You won't do it,' she repeated. It was as if he couldn't at last but show himself really struck. Yet what he exclaimed on was what might in truth most have impressed him. "'You are magnificent, really!' "'Mr. Mitchett, the butler, appearing at the door, almost familiarly dropped. After which, vanderbank turned straight to the person announced. Mr. Mitchett was there, and anticipating Mrs. Brooke in receiving him, her companion passed it straight. She's magnificent! Mitchy was already all interest. Rather! But what's her last? It had been, though so great, so subtle, as they said in Buckingham Crescent, that vanderbank scarce knew how to put it well she's so thoroughly superior oh to whom do you say it mitchy cried as he greeted her end of section twenty one